Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. If it isn't Josh, the warden of the North himself. Can you hear me? <laughs> I like how you're the only one who calls me the warden of the North. I love it, though. Well, that's how you doing, Christian? I'm good, man. Well, that's because most uh, people in the Christian circle haven't watched uh, Game of Thrones because they're faithful or something. I don't know, something stupid like that. <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Does that make me faithful and stupid if I say I haven't watched it? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No comment. Oh, well, thank you for critiquing my podcast and getting yourself on. <laughs> that's one way to do it. I'm just kidding. Is there a... <laughs> I think there's a little delay, so if anybody's listening, totally sorry about it. that. Do you, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a delay. The uh, the Wi-Fi isn't really uh, the greatest out in Mexico, so. That's all right. I forgive you. Your Your beard looks immaculate, by the way. Are you serious? Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah it looks it looks like you're the you're the henchman in like some mid-2000s bank heist movie like you're the guy that they would go to to get the intel on the bank heist and then like you're in the back of the like sketchy loan business and you're like you got all the plans and yeah. then you ended up getting taken out at the end because you know the bad guy always loses but that's that's you yeah i'm like the guy that everybody thinks is like the nerd but at the end, like somebody comes in while he's like typing on the computer and he just goes boom, boom, starts kicking down people. That's what would happen. Wait, why, why would you be the nerd? You don't look like a nerd at all. You're the muscular, like wrestler oh. dude with the well, you said, slick you said, beard. You said Intel, so I just figured nerd. Intelligence, <laughs> nerd, I don't know. Uh, okay, my, sure. No, you're, you're my, like the the... Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I got you. Okay, well, if anybody's wondering, first of all, I before we get into the uh, the critical stuff or the argumentative stuff, I want to tell everybody about, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to tell everybody about you, Josh. So, Josh Warden, everybody, if you uh, if he sounds familiar, it's because he you just heard him before we started talking when he did the intro to my podcast. So that is Josh. Um, Josh, do you have any information on yourself, any way for people to contact you to do like any kind of freelance or anything like that? That way, if anybody's like, oh, I want a, a podcast intro or some voiceover or whatever. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, if anyone wants my voice on something or writing for something or whatever it may be, uh, yeah, you can email me, I guess. It's my last name, dot first name at gmail.com, warden.josh, warden with an O. Um, just hit me up. Uh, and you got the podcast, Beaver Tales podcast, so interviewing former Oregon State athletes such as yourself. So I'm going to have to get you in the podcast one day. I'll have to do something. I, I'm, I wasn't exactly the the most uh, spontaneous or not spontaneous uh what's the word i'm looking for entertaining i don't know 
I, I wasn't exactly the uh, the most frivolous athlete at Oregon State, so I'll have to do something outside of my Oregon State athletic career to to have any type of you know impact on your podcast. So I'm working on it. I got a cute girlfriend now, so that helps. Yeah. Well, that, that's what the podcast is all about. Usually, I, that that's mostly when I interview people. It's about their cute girlfriends. That's what I yes. get people to know. Yes. It's usually beyond. They talk about a lot more than sports. It's like life yeah. and what you do since college and purpose yeah. and what you're like. Who are you identity wise once you finished athletics? Sure. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah. good. Well, good if any, if you guys uh, want to go check that out, I would highly recommend it. Josh does an amazing job getting those Oregon State athletes, and you know. Eventually, he's going to move on to the, the wide world of sports and he's going to just be all athletes all the time. So, this delay is killing me, man. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll hit it, man. You, you do a good job. I, no. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll be all right. So, what's new in your life, man? Are you working at any new radio stations? What's, uh, what's the, are you doing like any type of voiceover work? How's, how's everything going with that? Yeah, doing a little work with uh, KEJO Radio. I'm I'm doing mostly. I spend my time. It's on my own uh, projects, the podcast, and then this documentary that I'm working on. Oh, wow. um, it's on the on the baseball team, and it's just on the 2018 Oregon State baseball team, like whole podcast documentary. So, okay. done about 50 interviews for that so far, and doing a lot of editing on that. It's going to be a multi-part series, and I think I'm going to finish it by sometime during baseball season so in a couple months from now like gotcha. april maybe um and i'll roll that out and hopefully it'll be pretty good so you're doing that all on your own or is it like a production team behind it or what's how is that working yeah just just me <laughs> that's why it's taken me like a year i started last april and it's going to take me about a year to finish it and i don't think i'm going to make any money off it and that's fine but it's been a blast <laughs> Wow. Well, good for you, man. You got to have something you enjoy doing. So that's cool. Now, is baseball your favorite sport to watch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basketball. Uh, baseball and basketball, the two ones I, I you know, grew up playing a lot and football a little bit. Um, you know, the wrestlers were the cool ones, but I could never do it. I think it would be cool like you. So I, could, I just couldn't, couldn't pull it. Okay. Well, I know you're full of crap because wrestlers in no walk of life have ever been cool, except when they enter the UFC and everybody knows that they're the tough guys and they just don't want to mess with them. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for trying to build me up, but I know the truth. My sports. Oh, you least... walk down the hallways with cauliflower ear and all the girls want you. Yeah, that's what it is, man. You go to different countries and they just flock to you. So no. No, not at all. I don't even think there's a single wrestler that has over a million subscribers or million uh, followers on Instagram. Not one. Like our our poster boy has like 700,000, I think. Because that's how you define life worth. No, that's how you define popularity in a lot of, walk, in a lot of circles. And <laughs> the most popular guy in the sport doesn't even have a million followers on Instagram. I know. That's I, how I, you I'm, know I'm messing with you. It's, a, it's a, not a very... Not a very uh, popular sport. So, well, okay, man. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, okay, well, so I want to give a little context to this before we get into it, uh, because honestly, Josh is probably going to direct this conversation more. 
Um, so Josh is a frequent listener of my show, uh, which I appreciate that. Um, there's, uh, I think one other and it's my mom. So thank you. <laughs> but, uh, I just, um, no, Josh, uh, texted me a few, few days ago and was like, Hey man, like I have some, uh, I I've been listening to the podcast. I like it. Uh, I have some like advice, which Josh has been in broadcasting. He does way better than I do. Um, and, uh, and he was like, I also have some things like that I agree with that I disagree with. And I have not talked to Josh, uh, and Josh, you can confirm this. We have not, we've only spoken through text, but I said, okay, come on the podcast and we'll just do it basically unedited. Like you tell me what you think of, you know, my opinion, you tell me maybe where I'm wrong and we can just have the dialogue and the discussion right then and there. And everybody can hear it as candidly and as openly as I think to do it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's, I think the best way to do it. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many topics that we can get into. And, and I know you, whatever we agree or disagree on, I think you and I both want to have those conversations for the yeah. sake of not just going at somebody and attacking them for the sake of building ourselves up, but for yeah. actually having a good discussion. And I think you and I like both could disagree on things and walk away and be like, all right, cool. We're still friends. We're still chill. So that's, that's why I felt comfortable being texting you and be like, Hey, yeah. we're going to agree on some things. We're going to disagree on some things. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Cause, uh, I know you can beat me up, but, but you won't cause you're a nice guy. And well, I unless I really that. do something that deserves getting beaten up, then you would, but, uh, yeah. I would, I would lose that fight 10 times out of 10. there's like, I, I made a few bullet points I, I don't know where best to start let me let me list off a couple topics of where we could get into and then okay. and then you you pick which one or, or i don't know tell, tell me what you what you think so okay before you get into that a couple though. of the ones that i thought would be good to get into um yeah yeah oh yeah sorry there's a delay for everybody that's listening in but before you get into that i just want to say like you know i think whether you're conservative, liberal, Christian, atheist, whatever, what have you. I, I've had a conversation. I've had great conversations with everybody and I've had terrible conversations with everybody. And where it usually gets bad is when people stop seeking truth and just start clinging into what they believe. And they, they stop having an open mind and open heart and, you know, the logic. And that's what you're kind of seeing with the news, with, you know, the media is like, you know, somebody can say, don't live in fear. And everybody in the world's like, no, we need to live in fear. But if another person was to say that, it's like, you know, you, you get applause or, you know, it, it, so it, it's this, it's this desire to find out what's true, what's beneficial, what works and, and what's actually going to, you know, help you have a more prosperous life, help other people, and is also going to make an eternal impact. Um, and so that's what I try to seek and I'm very opinionated and I'm not scared to, I think when everybody goes one way, I like to really go head first the other way, especially if I feel like it's true. Like when everybody thinks you should shut up about something, I am the type of person that's like, screw that. Like I don't think about consequences. And so that's kind of where, you know, some of the, the monologues and everything and some of like my videos like comes from is like, I don't really care what people think. And if I'm wrong, you know, I'll have the conversation about it and I'll bring somebody on. So that's kind of my take on this. And, but you and I, I think are both the type of people that will not insult the other person based on their beliefs. They might, we might insult the beliefs, 
but I'm not going to insult you. And, and I, I think the same respect is afforded to, to me from you. And so I think with any discussion, with any conversation, that is what you're going to look for because somebody that's open to learning uh, is somebody that you can have a dialogue with. Yeah, I love that. It's it, yeah, like you said, it's about w what is actually true. Because once once you stop valuing truth as the top priority, then you literally are opening yourself up to untrue beliefs and prioritizing your life decisions on things that aren't actually based in reality. So like, what could be worse than that? Um, that's why open mindedness is so important. Um, so I here here's kind of the main how I would describe myself for everyone who has no idea who the heck I am, which is most people. I everyone. am theologically, <laughs> theologically conservative. I'm a, I'm a passionate Christian. That is what I base my whole life off, my philosophies off of, my priorities off of. I'm theologically conservative, politically agnostic. Okay. Um, that, that's where I sit. Agnostic meaning similar to how a spiritually agnostic person wouldn't put themselves in any camp religiously. Yeah. I, I don't put myself in a camp politically, mm -hmm. uh, but base my political beliefs off of what I believe spiritually. And, and that's mm -hmm. why um, I would join, uh, you know, side with a party if I really felt that one or the on a specific thing or, or overarching. Um, but oftentimes I feel myself pulled in both ways. Uh, oh, topics yeah. where um, on points we agree, points um, we could talk about the churches being open. You've talked about that the last couple episodes about mm -hmm. churches being in fear, not wanting to be on the nightly news, that sort of thing. That's one topic. Um, the free speech thing, like Facebook not letting you post or Twitter banning people. Um, that's another one. Uh, the Capitol protest. Um, that's a big one. Uh, I was, the death penalty is a big thing to me. I'm, I'm a proponent of abolishing that and uh the main point i want to get into is like christian nationalism and the association of being a conservative christian i think some of the pitfalls of what it means to uh associate christianity with america that's kind of an overarching one yeah um, those are kind of the main topics that i want to get into let me know if one of those is like most intriguing to you well let's go least intriguing to you because i, I i'm willing to talk about all of them so yeah just I mean, let's rattle them off, I think. Well, let's do this. You pick a topic, you tell me where you agree and where you disagree, and then we'll we'll discuss it in depth. Cool, cool. Let's let's start at the top since that was the first one I mentioned. So your let me summarize your uh, like really quick what you were saying about churches and stop me if I say mm -hmm. anything that's wrong. You were saying mm -hmm. churches should be open and most of the reasons why they're not open is because um, they're they're fearful of the government. They don't want to be on the nightly news like, oh, look at this church. It's staying open. Um, and if the government said you can be open, then all the churches would be open. So therefore, we're just basing uh, like the, each church is just basing like, oh, we, we are scared. We, we have to follow that. Whereas in reality, Christians should, um, although be respectful of the government willing to break away when the government is limiting your freedom and standing in your faith more um that is that a correct summary of what kind of you were saying yeah the only the only um thing i would say on that is 
it's not necessary. It's the, the, with the churches, not what I mean on the nightly news, that's the answer I've gotten. Like when I've asked people about why their church isn't open or when I've talked to leaders within churches um, and I've, I've had some, like one church I was going to up in Portland. Um, I don't want to give, I don't want to disparage or give any, you know, names of the churches or any people's names, but uh, I signed up to serve. I'd gone to the church two weeks and, and no problems. They had about 50 people there. And um, I signed up to serve because I didn't want to deal with any of the, the stuff going on with that. And so I was like, well, it'll just be easier. And then they gave me the confirmation email saying I had signed up and all that. And when I responded, I said, oh, thank you so much. Like, I'm excited to be there this weekend. I'm actually going to bring my friend who's not a Christian. And they told me, no, you cannot come because you guys did not register in time. And I said, okay, my friend's not a Christian. And I know he's not going to want to watch it online. Like, this is like, really, like, it was hard for me to even want to get him through the door. And they basically said, I hope, you know, we can see you in the YouTube comments. And, and as you know, Josh, like, YouTube I mean, this right here is not the same as us being in person. And it's the same with faith. Like there's something that the spirit does when you're there. And for a church to deny a non-believer entry really rubbed me the wrong way because, I mean, they're letting people in. They were letting people in without masks. Like they weren't making a big deal of it. There was more than, you know, 50 people, but it was, and the reason they gave me was because we're under tight restrictions from the government right now. And, and I don't agree with that. And I, you know, I spoke to a lot of people within church, within leadership before I ever spoke out on it because I wanted to get a clear grasp of the issue. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't agree with it because I do personally believe that a lot of churches would open the second that the government, you know, says they would open because when this thing was worse, when it was, pers you know, perspective to be a lot worse, you know, the disease and everything, churches were saying, well, we're, we'll be open in, in February or not February. Sorry. Uh, like in you know July or whatever. And here we are uh, almost a year later and they're still not open. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. That, so <clears throat> I, I totally agree that, um, like, yeah, in person way different. Um, like ch churches, the, the community that you get just as humans, whether you're Christian or not, like community is so vitally important to who we are. Uh, ch church is so much, it's supposed to be in person. You, you never get any idea like when reading the gospels or acts, like if, if they had had the ability to do online church, I don't think they would have like it, no. it, it, that would have been foreign to them. Yeah. Um, and so I, I value that. Um, and so he, I think with everything, there's a lot of nuance. So what, in my opinion, um, there, we should value as much as we can doing church in person, but it should be done really smartly. And so when you were talking about like, I, I'm going to, you were talking about like the Christmas Eve service or New Year's Eve service that you're going to go to and, and mm -hmm. go and, and I'm going to go and not going to wear a mask and just be in the community with believers. And that's like the, it's the same thing with like opening the economy and how, like, I think you've also talked about, and this is solely valid of, um, the more you, you shut down the economy and force people to stay at home, people are losing jobs and not able to make money and getting more isolated and having more mental health things. That's where I think, 
although I take COVID really seriously and, and tend to lean towards more strict protocols, there are areas where I push back the other way and say, well, no, I get why you might want to push back because there's a give and take. And if there is going to be a time where you take more um, open hand, like take away from the protocols aren't as strict, it's times where people's livelihoods are at stake and, and people's personal relations like the, the sort of like we'll have church and there's a small risk but if you can stay distant and wear a mask that sort of thing it's yeah. it's the times where not wearing a mask isn't helping so the times where like people just go and get in a big party go and and needlessly don't wear a mask go out like we're doing the demonstrations at grocery stores and stuff where it's like that's not helping anybody's job and that's not helping the economy and you're needlessly opening yourself up to the disease where it's like i think in my opinion there's always needs to be a balance so mm -hmm. i think churches should have a priority of meeting in person that's why there should be churches in person but there also needs to be a, a respect for what is the actual danger and so in my, when i was hearing you talk about why churches should be so should be focused on meeting in person i was like i totally agree with that though the reason i push back on some of the things you were saying wasn't for the reason that you were talking about which is fine i mean i agree with you that churches shouldn't just be worried about what the government would say or what other people would say don't live in fear i agree with that the reason i push back is like the problem is just literally actually getting the disease. It's not worrying about the government. It's you can yeah. still get COVID at church. <laughs> no. And so, and, yeah. Well, and, and yeah. I 100% agree with that. I'm not saying you can't. For me, it's the control thing. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to me in Portland, you can go to a strip club because it's art, but you can't go to church. And, and when I talk to the people within that church that had told me I could not come, first of all, uh, government regulation and a disease should not be take priority over somebody's salvation. And, and that's what's at stake when somebody that's not a Christian says they want to attend church. I mean, there are hundreds of people, thousands of people on a daily basis that give their lives to Jesus. I would rather somebody walk into a church that is not saved, give their life to Christ and then die of COVID that day. than I would somebody walk past that church that doesn't know Jesus live the rest of their life many years and then not be able to spend eternity with God because they didn't have the opportunity to go hear the gospel. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from is because when I talk to them, the reason wasn't, you know, COVID is still an issue that we're dealing with. It's we're under restrictions. There was no fear. And you know this because when the, when the disease first started, everybody was panicking. They were going, they were grabbing toilet paper, you know, they were getting everything they needed because they thought the world was going to be, they weren't going to be able to go outside. I remember me, I was scared. Like I went to the hospital and I thought I had COVID and I was really like, I was praying like, God, I, if this is it, you know, Hey, I'm excited to see you, but I thought we had more to do here. Um, and now the, the fear has shifted to, Oh, we're not going to be, they're going to shut us down. It's it, the fear is completely shifted. in in my opinion, from what I've seen, um, now, there's still people that are scared of the disease, rightfully so, and they have the right to be, but people also have the right to not be scared of the disease and take the risks based on what they've seen on the numbers and based on what they've seen, because, you know, the big fear now is people can't eat, they can't work, they can't go to school, they can't go to church, um, and then the government sends them a $600 check, which doesn't really do much.
Yeah, that I get that. Like, I also want to value a person's spiritual journey more than just a rule. And there's some nuance too of like personal safety is still important. But here, here's the issue I have is why we associate salvation so much with a church service and a building. Mm -hmm. Salvation is important. But it doesn't have to be in the context of a 9 a.m. service with 50 people and a worship uh, yep. team up top. Like we, we picture that as Christianity in a, in a building and a chapel yep. or whatever. Th and this is, isn't just during COVID. This is like a, a thing that I think is also a problem just in America in yep. general. Especially like God does not dwell in temples built by human hands. And especially I, in the New Testament, it stopped talking about like buildings that people would go to it's all about house churches so yeah. that's that's another I, problem i have is why we associate salvation just with a church building can i speak on this for a second so yeah yeah so i i agree with you i i don't think the the church should be associated with a building or anything like that i just believe that america has been the most prosperous as far as you know the as far as i mean there's more christians in america i think than any other country and now you can make the argument, well, there's lukewarm Christians and there's this and that. Well, they have the freedom to do that. Whereas in other countries, you don't have the freedom to, you know, if, if you choose to be a Christian, you're going to get persecuted, you know, very deadly. And, and so the, the thing with that is they were shutting down house churches. They were telling you how many people you could have in your home. And so my thing is, is if you want to keep the liberty and the freedom in a country like America that has produced more Christians than any other, I think you have to push back on any little bit of our infringe or any little infringement on our rights that we have. And, and I'm not associating the church with a building. Uh, I'm just saying that this is a legal outlet that we have now. And if we don't fight for it, we're going to lose it. And, and I would hate to see the church in America be lost and have to go underground when it doesn't have to, uh, you know, and, and I think everybody should look at this time and say, well, this was, you know, I think it should wake us up as the church in America to see, Hey, we, we do have to step up and there shouldn't be, you know, lukewarm Christians, but I think we should value that time because they were infringing on people. And this is the thing is if you are, it's, it's a little, it's a, you know, it's a long way to get to, you know, like a, a Middle Eastern country where they actually cut Christians heads off. But I'll tell you where you can start is by taking away their ability to go to their building that they own and not allowing them to, you know, to act out their First Amendment right. I think that's a good starting place to getting to the head cutting off Christianity that we see in the Middle East. Yeah, I, I, I... Here's, I'm glad you brought that up. Here's one of the main things that I think, I, I, I'm not saying this as like a specific disagreement with you. Some, some of this you will agree with, some of this you'll disagree with. This is just what I feel is really important. One of the most mm -hmm. critical things that I notice with Christianity. I, I worry a lot about how Christians view personal freedoms being taken away as a grave evil and a grave like um un what's the word like unmerited or, or uh, irredeemable uh 
problem that if you have our personal liberties if the government infringes on us that's just the worst thing possible and i'm not saying that we should look at the government infringing on us as a good thing but when you look at the history of christianity if i can go off on a, on a brief ramble here but i promise there's going to be an actual point to the end of this of yep. this little mini monologue i'm about to make so hang with me okay. for a moment <laughs> the reason early christianity was so was so successful if you read acts and you see how it spread and you see the gospels and what jesus said that early christianity was immensely persecuted all all the apostles being martyred all but one of them and and the disciples i mean and just people all over it was the it was the minority it was the weird ones you read you know the history of that time and christians were odd they were very sacrificial and very kind and compassionate but they were not by any means like they weren't in places of power they weren't the politicians that sort of thing but it was successful i mean it grew underground through like people jesus reached out to were the lost the tax collectors the sinners that sort of thing yeah. now later as you start to go through history a little bit the tide started to turn so you have emperor constantine starting to make all religions valid and becoming a christian himself a couple of like in 380 i think it was you have emperor theodosius making christianity the official state religion and so now christianity is sort of in the place of power it's no longer the persecuted religion it's the national religion and then you start to see more examples of Christianity not being the persecuted religion, but the persecuting religion. So you start to see like Charlemagne in the 700s, he starts to execute people if they refuse baptism. So he's executing 4,500 Saxons who refuse baptism. And now, and now it's flipped, right? So all of a sudden Christianity goes from being we're committed to this because we're persecuted and we still believe it. We clearly are passionate about sharing our faith with the lost and true discipleship whereas once it became the powerful one all of a sudden true discipleship became cheap grace it was we're associated with the national religion this is kind of the main thing we're all just good and it's not people who had like really committed relationships with god themselves and were committed about helping the lost it was people who just said well this is the state religion so i don't have to be personally invested my heart doesn't have to be in it and we know christians who just show up to church and they're just they're christian by association they call themselves christian it doesn't really affect their life and that can be some of the most toxic it, it, it once it, if it doesn't get to your heart and you don't have the holy spirit then you might have the 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 feeling that you're saved but not the actual conviction that salvation should bring which is a, a terrible terrible combination of two things so when we start talking about not wanting rights being taken away that sort of thing i get it like of course nobody wants their rights taken away we don't we don't want to be the minority but here's the thing in history christianity has been best when it's peculiar marginalized and suffering and it's been at its worst when it's popular credible triumphant and powerful and the problem i see especially with our leaders and the people we elect i get that we want christians in charge i'm not saying i wouldn't vote for christians that we don't want that but when people start to use Christianity as this is my political platform, this is what we, we need to make more prevalent, prayers in, in school, put the Ten Commandments on the wall. I get that. Like, I see the value, but it, it, I don't need the Ten Commandments on the wall or, or certain governments to affirm my church service. Like, it, I, we should rejoice in suffering. I'm not saying look for it, so I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying I, sometimes I feel like our priorities have shifted too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I, 
you know, being out here and, and getting sound bites of, of what's going on in the States, it's a little different. Um, and, and obviously with COVID, I think the big thing is, you know, I've moved to another city. I've moved to another country since COVID, you know, like, like two big moves and Portland is a, almost a completely different city than, uh, or almost a different country than most of the world right now, especially in the United States. Um, and I get, you know, I'm not fearful of persecution. It doesn't bother me. It's just, I don't like to see people mistreated. You know, we, we always talk about the marginalized and the mistreated. And I think if I have any way to push back on that, and if my faith is an outlet to do it or a justification of the fact that it's not okay to treat people unfairly, it's not okay to be hypocritical, it's not okay to take away this person's things, but not this person's, um, because I can justify that with my faith, I, that's something I'm going to speak on. I'm not going to look at, you know, somebody getting their business taken away or, or a Christian being, you know, getting his, their church taken away, um, something that they've actually worked hard for and God blessed them with. I'm not going to look at that and say, well, you know what? The, uh, and I'm not saying that you're doing this or anybody else is doing this. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for me personally, this is how I see it. I can't look at that and say, yeah, why would I stand up? I know that we're going to win in the end because I, I don't, I, I know we're going to win in the end. Like that doesn't, that doesn't affect me at all. But if it's a way, if me standing up for what's true, what's right, even if it you know, doesn't look good on me to the world, uh, I'm going to stand up for it, you know, and, and I think the disciples would have loved to have, you know, decent sized churches. I mean, Jesus, you know, he spoke to crowds of thousands and thousands of people. Um, you know, Pentecost was, you know, a ton of people like there's, you know, 3000 people got, got baptized and filled with the Holy spirit at Pentecost. So, you know, the only reason that changed was because the church got so big. And the only reason we're here is because Christians got so powerful. And now, you know, we're starting to see some bad things, but you know, I don't want to, I, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, it's, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, but I, I don't want my kids to live in a world where, you know, they can't speak freely. And, um, you know, I just don't want to look, you know, 40, 50 years down the road and, and have a situation where, you know, we can't meet as a body of believers because, it's, you know, it's, they're taking that away from us. And I, and I don't want to look when, you know, I mean, we'll just take like slavery, for instance, slavery used to be the norm, like nobody, some people thought it was okay, some people didn't, some people were in the middle, and they didn't want to speak out about it. But the, the whole premise of it was, don't talk about it, you know, like, it's, it was kind of like the abortion today. And, but it's not the case anymore. And I think it's the same with some of these things like abortion. I think it's the same with some of the things like, you know, speaking out against riots, uh, even if it's with your own political affiliation that is doing it, uh, which by the way, I condemn the Capitol riots. Um, and so I think, you know, when Christians push back, sometimes the cultural norm, whether or not the culture recognizes where it came from, it still recognizes that slavery is bad. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, it, I mean, 
Christianity, whether it's big or small, can do amazing things. Sure. Um, and that's, the, you know, the, the Pentecost thing, like more numbers is great. There's a reason that that Acts talks about how many numbers people came in. Size is great. It's the, the difficult thing is when it when it gets political power. Um, sure. and, and there's not a lot that the Bible says about that, because in the Bible, it talks about like respecting political. It, it has some things to say about how to interact with the government. It doesn't say a whole lot about actually being in government it says it's about church government but it's, it doesn't say a whole lot about so when you're a politician like it, it that is almost foreign to it. i'm not saying that it's bad to be a politician i'm just saying yeah. it kind of assumed that oftentimes the government would tell you things that are are right sometimes and aren't right sometimes so yeah. when where do you draw the line and i think you'd have to look at some stories from daniel and some things from romans to figure that out it's when it when you actually get political powers a christian then it's like whoa now what do we do with it and, and yeah. am i looking to my political power to make change or am i looking to god to make this change and yeah. i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying there are some dangers we see from the very beginning from genesis what what's one of the first problems that you see it's the tower of babel and people trying to build up their own platform build their own sure. nation and reach god um, yep. And so I think that's that's a warning to us. Like we have to look. I'm not saying you're not doing this. I'm just saying in general, this is a problem. I think sometimes with with Christianity is that we look to the state, we look to the the overall overarching like dominion of the church yep. or the nation, and say that's what I'm going to put my my expectation for ch change in. And yep. and it was never it was never that. This is underground yep. like person to person discipleship, and and yep. that's what I don't see as much of a priority in. Yeah. Well, personally for me. I just like the government to stay out of my life as much as possible. I mean, that's the thing is like, I think they should protect our rights. I think they should, um, you know, have certain laws in place, but I don't think they establish rights. I don't think they tell anybody what their right is. I think they just enforce like no, you know, I mean, the government has no right to say you're more important than you. Uh, and so like, as far as that goes, I want them to stay out of my life as much as possible. And, and I'm not seeing that right now. And that's kind of what bothers me is, and, and I, I get misconstrued a lot. I've made, a, I'm 23. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've said a lot of things that were stupid and I get that. And I'll probably come back on some of the stuff I've said during COVID and be like, you know, I think I probably needed a, a little bit different perspective on that, or maybe a little bit more biblical wisdom or more love. But, you know, as of right now, I don't, um, I don't think it's right what's going on. And, and I don't think, I, I mean, I look at, you know, the story of the the disciples and they told them like, you know, you need to stop. And they said, well, we're not going to like with all due respect. And they do, you know, have reverence to the position that the people were in. And they said, you know, with all due respect, you know, you can beat us or you can kill us, but we're not going to like you, whether we're in jail, whether we're in, you know, the streets, like we're going to, tell as many people about the gospel as possible. So that's just kind of where I'm at. And, and I've seen, I just don't agree with the closing down of the churches voluntarily. Cause I think if everybody said, we're not closing down, that it would be fine and this would go away. And that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I respect that. I, I, I'm somewhat similar. In my opinion, if the government was like, ah, everybody do what you want, be safe if you want, whatever, wear a mask if you want, but you don't have to, I would still be wary of going to church. I would be like, I'm I'm still going to stay home and do it online or only go if they've got good protocols. Like, that's how I approach it. So I, I don't do that because the government tells me to. I do that because... Yeah. 
science is talking like that's what scientifically is going to most keep yeah. me from getting covid but but still hopefully being in community as much as i can do safely like that yeah. would still be my priority it's not what the government tells me sure. um but no I, I get what you come from yeah and and you know with us in our demographic like we're both young healthy like it's very unlikely that we're going to have any type i mean my whole family and myself have gotten covid and we've had i mean my dad had it the worst and but like the young kids like we all had it bad for like a day and a half and it was gone and you know there was like a two-month stretch where nobody under the age of 18 died i think there's still like half the states haven't had somebody i don't know don't quote me if you're listening but like a bunch of states still haven't had anybody that's under the 18 that's died um you know so you know i think you got to take your own risks with that i think it's one of those things that you know you you can be wise but as far as like i mean I think the media and, and some politicians do whatever they can to fear monger. And I just don't personally, like, I would rather, you know, pass away of COVID than, you know, stay in a shelter my whole life, you know? And I'm not saying like that that's what people or you are doing. I'm just saying like, you know, there's, there's certain risks to be taken. I think it's funny for me personally, it's funny to me that, um, and you probably know which political party I affiliate with, but it's funny to me that like Joe Biden gets all scared of COVID, but he literally signed up to do the world's most dangerous job. He has a one in 11 chance of getting murdered. <laughs> I don't, that's a lot worse than COVID. Four yeah, out of the that's... 45 presidents have been murdered. So like you do the math, COVID president. <laughs> I guess. Yep, uh, it's interesting. I guess somebody's got to do it, so maybe he's. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that one. <laughs> I just say like uh, <laughs> that's not a political statement. It's just funny yeah, yeah. That, you know, somebody's super scared no, of COVID when they signed up to do the world's most da- literally the most dangerous job. I don't know if there's a job more dangerous <laughs> than the president of the United States with a one in eleven chance of getting killed. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do it. That's for sure. Wait, I. I I've been meaning to ask. I'm sure you have an explanation for this, so I'm going to ask you a question, not not to not as a gotcha moment. I just want to hear you because, like, when you say something and you don't have someone like on the podcast with you, sure. you don't have a chance for them to say like, "Wait, what about this?" I'm, I'm sure you have like a a further explanation. I just didn't know what you so like. Um, <laughs> no, no, you'll be fine. The, it's the it's the lifeguard, uh, not lifeguard metaphor, life jacket metaphor. Yeah, you, you, a mask is like you know uh, you don't I don't you know, like you said if you want to stay home fine you can wear masks yeah. no problems with uh, that. You want me to repeat? But you want me to repeat it? Me. You want me to repeat it? Go you you tell it you'd say that. Okay, so I have not ever had anybody uh, come at me about this, and I know I've like done this scenario in my head before I ever said it. I was like, okay, somebody might you know, poke the hole here or poke the hole there. So I know it's not a perfect <laughs> analogy. I just like saying it mostly because I know it pisses people off. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, why do I have to wear a life jacket? Because you can't swim when I'm on the beach. Like, that's how I feel about all this stuff. You know, like I get it. Drowning is a very real risk that we all face. But I feel like right now, like when, when you tell people to wear a mask, like in their car, like I see people out here wearing masks in their car. Like that's not in the, that's on the beach like that. You are, I promise you are not going to get COVID alone in your car. Like that's not going to happen. And I see it all the time. And, but it is this, like, I see it as like this fear mongering, you know, I've had like, I am personally not at risk. And, and I think, you know, if you want to wear like a two ply mask to make up for both of us, not wearing it, that's your right. But I don't think I, 
I, I, first of all, I believe in masks. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I think they work. Um, but I do think there's a degree of, you know, what we need to be preaching is, you know, immunity. We need to be preaching that people should be outside. They should be at the gyms. They should be getting healthy. They should be dieting correctly. They should be having their vitamin D. They should be getting exposure because I promise you, if people would have been doing that all summer, there would be less, you know, I mean, cause the second flu came around, people are so much more susceptible because they hibernated all summer. You know, the melanin in their skin went way down, the, you know, the serotonin levels or whatever, um, their vitamin D levels went way down. They weren't at the gyms. They weren't, you know, exposed to people. And so by the time that flu season came around, the cold weather started coming around, well, now we're seeing a spike in cases and it really shouldn't surprise anybody when they've been inside of their whole, you know, the whole year. Yeah. So here's my did question, that, that on, the, question? on the life jacket one. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I have a couple clarifying questions and I, I, okay. I just want to see where it goes. Like, you know, <laughs> I think it's really funny and I, okay. I think I have, I think I disagree with it, but I'm curious to see, well, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm curious what you see. Okay. Um, the, the life jacket one. Yes. It, you, one person wearing a life jacket does not improve the other person's chance of drowning, especially if you're on shore. Now, I, I actually, <laughs> this is neither here nor there, and this is sort of a tangent, but I've taken water safety courses because I used to work at a pool. I learned that one of the common, uh, <laughs> this is sad and dumb, one of the common reasons for drowning is one person trying to help another person who's yep. floundering, and the person who is they pull them down and, and the other person drowns because they're panicking and they grab and pull them down. Now, anyways, uh, That's but why, your, your you analogy seen, wasn't even you, that. It's you're on the shore. So in that case, no. obviously, you yeah. should not be required to wear a life jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have you seen The Guardian? That's what they did. That's what they taught in the, the movie The Guardian with Ashton Kutcher and, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? I can't, Kevin Costner. But, you know, they the guy was – that's what they were teaching. They were doing the – I used to be a lifeguard, but they were doing the, you know, the practice trying to – you know, get help people. And he elbows the dude in the nose because he's trying to pull him down and drown him. And it basically broke his nose. And then he pulled him ashore because like, that's, that is what happens. That's one of the most common ways to drown is because the guy's trying to help and he gets pulled under. Dang. Yeah, that's great. I haven't seen that. But yeah, no, that's totally true. Now, okay, so your analogy is you're on the shore, a person in the water swimming, and they're like, Christian, put on a life jacket. And you're like, no, that's dumb. I'm on the shore. That doesn't help you, which it would be the correct response that does not help them for you to wear a life jacket. So that, that's true. Now, here's what I wonder with the with the mask thing is with the maybe you're just talking about like the car example where, yeah, you don't have to wear a mask when you're alone in a car. So maybe that's all you're talking about. But with a mask, it's like you can unlike the life jacket one you wearing a mask does impact if you give it to them and if you get it even if you're young if you then interact with an old person then they can get it and die so that's where it seems like wait i get the the life jacket one is true but the mask one no so what, yeah. tell me tell me take it one step further and explain it for me yeah well okay so i've seen people literally get up in people's faces and tell them to put masks on so that's kind of where that's coming from is it it doesn't make any sense for you to get closer to somebody that you think could expose you to a deadly virus. You know, if you really think it's a problem, you would get away. So that's kind of where it's getting for me is I, there's just a lot of hypocrisy. I don't believe that I personally should wear a mask outside. I think the recycled air is what does it um, in close proximity and recycled air. So in that instance, yes, I will wear a mask. Um, 
but like it, nobody's going to make me wear a mask outside, especially like I've had people tell me to put a mask on when there's literally nobody for a hundred feet. And that's kind of where I'm coming from with that is it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm not putting a mask on when you're literally, I couldn't shoot you with a rifle if I had, if I wanted to, like, that's how far away you are. And so that's kind of the thing is this just paranoia and like fear mongering that people do like it's for control. And to me, I hate it. I hate when people try to put me under control, especially like it has to make sense. Like there has to be a, a like, I'm not going to breathe on you from a, a football field away. So I'm not going to wear a mask in that instance. And I personally don't believe in wearing masks outside. Um, I, I think if you out now inside, it's a little different because the recycled air and the close proximity, you know, there's, there's some scientific evidence uh, that both parties should wear masks. I get that. Um, I still don't like it. I still think it's um, annoying as hell, but it's the outside when you're not even close to at risk. It's just because somebody's so scared because the news media told them that they need to be. That's, that's more where that analogy comes from. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Like if someone's a hundred yards away, yeah, you don't, you don't need to wear a mask. I, it just seemed like your lifeguard analogy was an example of why you shouldn't need to wear a mask at all. And I was like, well then, but you're, I don't, I don't still see why the lifeguard one helps in that, but doesn't, I, either way, I see what you're saying. Like if it yeah. doesn't, if you're not going to get COVID anyways, you don't need to wear a mask. That's, that's fair. I, I yeah. go, I usually wear masks in at least the indoor situations and even sometimes where it's like i'm definitely not going to get it but just to be safe i'll wear it so i, I go a little further but like i i get it you know you're, well, it's you're like, 100 well, yards away you're not gonna well, there, get it well <laughs> I, yeah, yeah well but there are masks that protect you and the person around you and for me like i honestly like i've been trying to get covid because i know that i'm young i'm healthy and if i got it i would probably you know crap it out in a couple of days um, I'm pretty sure I've already had it because uh, I was exposed to somebody that had it. And then I, you know, had the COVID symptoms for a couple of days. So, but whatever, like I, I would rather get it and be done with it. But the thing is too, with this is like, you know, they're trying to say that people can get it twice. That's not true Four, like four or five people have gotten it twice and three of them didn't have immune system. So it's really out of the 56 million people that have gotten it. Um, but that is another thing too, is like, well, why is it not a good enough excuse to say I've already had COVID? Like, you're not going to get it from me. I'm not going to get it from you. I have the antibodies. You know what I mean? Like, and that's another thing that's not really going with the, the science. You know, we teach people that they have five fingers. Yes, there's people with six. There's people that are born with four. There's people that are born with no arms. But that's abnormal. And it's, this, it's even more abnormal to get COVID twice. So... Yeah, that that's an interesting one. I I wonder, generally speaking, I think you're right about. I mean, I I don't know what the exact numbers are. I would wonder, like, is it more likely with the new strains? Could you get the different strain? Uh, how likely? You know, how many people literally have had it twice and um, stuff like that? But and then it's like, would people? How many people would use that as an excuse of just saying they've had it just to get around? Yeah. And then it's like you'd have to make a policy of even if you say you've had it, you still got to wear a mask because you know people are going to lie. But you're, I mean, if if you if you really know if the science really said you can't get it twice, then then yeah, if you then you can't get it twice. Yeah. So if that's that's well, what the science says, and that's what the science says. That's fair. Well, and I think too, like I think you know, we still drive. You know, there are people that are scared to travel. There are people that are scared to transport themselves. You know, it's much safer to walk. 
but it's less convenient. And I think, you know, we have that freedom that if you don't want to drive, you don't have to drive. And I think it's the same with, with COVID is like, yes, there's going to be accidents. There's going to be people that, that take those risks and, and, you know, maybe wish they didn't, but they don't have the opportunity not to, but we don't shut down the highways because of that. And that's kind of where I feel, you know, with the shutdowns, with the masks is like, I'm not worried about getting COVID and there's masks out there that are readily available that block two way. Um, and so for me, it seems just like a control thing. Uh, and, and that's kind of where the analogy came from was, you know, I, it used to just be, why do I have to wear a life jacket? Cause you can't swim. And then I, you know, upgraded it to when I'm on the beach. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's fair. It, it's just when it, it starts to affect other people that that's the, that's the catch. Cause like if, if someone was driving on the highway and they were drunk, like, or, or they're just like have driving around in a stolen car, like mm-hmm. then the police, as much as they could, they would shut down the highway or like pull, you know, people sure. flash the lights and have everyone pull off. So there is an element where the government quote unquote controls the highway. It's yeah. the question of where do you draw the line? How dangerous sure. is the person? I mean, there's, yeah. there's plenty of nuance for it. Yeah. Well, like in 2016, I think like 60 to 80,000 people in the United States died of the flu, but we never had a pandemic or a shutdown for it. We just told people, Hey, if you're sick, wash your hands and don't go to school for a few days. Um, I think that's, the approach we probably should take with something like this, especially for the kids, because the kids aren't really, I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, kids are not very susceptible to COVID. Um, and there, there's even new studies coming out that are showing that they're not great transmitters of the disease anyway. So the grandma thing isn't really the best argument. Um, but yeah, that's been the, you know, the, the flu is way worse for the kids and, and we put them in a melting pot of, of disease all the time, which we call school or a squal or not a squal, uh, Estrella here in, wait, babe, is Estrella school? Uh, I'm oh, at yeah. my girlfriend's house right now. Escuela. Oh yeah, Escuela, Escuela, never mind. Uh, Escuela is school, um, as they say in Mexico. Bro, but, you can ask you me know, for Spanish, I know it. But but the kids are way more susceptible to to the flu and, and the one place they're gonna get it is at school and we, you know, we always put them in there where we just give them healthy warnings, give them alternatives like, hey, you know, if you're sick, don't come to school, this, this and this. Don't don't put yourself in this situation and don't you know harm other people. And way more kids die of the flu than of uh, than COVID. So that's just kind of like to me, it's like, OK, there's like a lot of hypocrisy there. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for the way we handle other things. I mean, in California right now, you can't go to church. Um, you can't go to restaurants unless you're Gavin Newsom. You have to wear a mask. You can't be in more than, what is it, six people now probably. But you can have sex with a minor. You don't have to disclose to somebody that you have HIV or AIDS. Like the, the laws in California are ridiculously hip, hypocritical. Like it, and the sex with a minor, SB 145, if anybody wants to correct me on that. Like, yes, you can't have sex with a minor in California. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not going to give any detail or context because it is the most disgusting law that's ever been presented and how anybody would ever sign off on that. Honestly, personally, I think the founders would have shot him, but that's just my opinion. Okay. I can't, I can't speak anything to that. I don't, I don't know that law or anything like that, but we don't have I, to get the flu it. one is interesting. I, 
Okay. I, I just Googled it because I was like, can you spread the flu when you're asymptomatic? Because that would explain why the COVID thing is so different because then you're like, oh, you got to wear a mask even when you're healthy. But I just Googled it to check because honestly, I didn't know this. Apparently, you can spread the flu even if you aren't really showing symptoms. So that was interesting. Maybe it's just because it's not as deadly, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or the symptoms. But it's worse know, for it's, kids, though. It's, it's a good worse question. For kids, though. And kids you know, are... It's worse for kids. That's the thing is it's way worse for kids. The flu is way worse for kids than COVID. And, and we let them go to school on, on different years, you know, like the kids are not really at risk for, for COVID. So that's kind of the, the weird thing for me. Now, maybe it's the teachers or whatever, but yeah, that's so anyway. Yeah. 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 No, there's, there's uh i don't know maybe we should be taking more, more take the flu more seriously and covid even more seriously we already do and just put the whole world in a constant panic i mean i don't know i'm no scientist i can't i'm sure there's reasons for some of it and it gets overblown sometimes i don't know there's well it's just all been so politicized like i mean the the governor of new york who's the biggest moron i think you know him nancy pelosi and gavin newsom are the three biggest tyrants that our country has right now uh, I mean, he's after the election and the inauguration, like he's basically said, oh, we need to go back to school and we need to open you know, up our economy. That guy is writing a book about how well he handled COVID. I'm, his city was literally the cause of more deaths in COVID than any other state. So I, I don't really think he's like, uh, you know, exactly the type of person that I would want to listen to. You know, that's like taking, you know, money advice from a poor guy or a homeless person you know, or taking, you know, relationship and sexual advice from, you know, somebody in prison that's a sex offender. I, I don't really like see the correlation behind how what he did was good and how he should be, you know, credited to writing a book about how well he handled COVID when he put all the you know people back in nursing homes. And that's what killed most of the population there. But, but now he's saying that COVID's over and we need to go back. Yeah, to I, our I schools. don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah. He's saying that COVID's over and we need to go back to school and we need to go back to work uh, yeah. after the election has been certified. So it's clearly been politicized, in my opinion. Now, I mean, maybe not in other people's opinions, but. <laughs> Nothing gets politicized ever, Christian. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I get talking sometimes and, and it's weird because we don't have the, we can't really do the back and forth because no. there's a there's a break in the dialogue but no yeah no i got you i i i've had a lot of fun this has been really good uh and there's plenty of other topics that we can get into if we if you ever want to i'm sure this will be one time you get so much negative feedback from this episode you'll never want to have me on the podcast again but oh my gosh uh, i love the negative i love the booze. i think i have a solution we can talk about it more off the air of fixing the lag a little bit Okay. I, I love when people comment hateful things because one, it brings traction to my channel and two, it makes me smile because I'm like, oh yeah. I've had some teammates, one guy that claims to be a, uh, uh, he's going to medical school once he finishes some BS degree or whatever, but he tried to get in an argument with me and I made him look like a doofus. But anyway, uh, anyway, my bad. But I love it. I like, I'm, I have to like stop like commenting back. Like I'm, I tell people all the time, Hey, if you ever want to get rid of a troll, Josh, just say, oh, why don't you come on my podcast or why don't you uh, give me a call? And they will literally never respond to you again. 
I've done that more times than I can count where I'll say, Hey, you know, I don't want to do the back and forth over Instagram, but if you want to talk about it and this is, and then they, they leave you on red every time. So that's how you get rid of trolls. That's, that's how you, that's how you know I'm not a troll because I actually came on the podcast. And and by the way, congrats on getting not just a girlfriend, first girlfriend, uh, that's impressive. I respect people who wait a long time to date, whether it's because they want to or don't want, even if it's by choice or not by choice, I still respect that. So mad props to you for waiting till you're 23. Yeah. Thank you for putting both of those categories. Don't want to, and want to wait because you know, I fall into one of them. We're not going to say which one. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, part of it one. was my fault. Part of it was, uh, or my intention. Part of it wasn't. But uh, no, she's great, man. I, I, uh, I like her a lot. Some might even say I love her. She's laughing over there. Uh, all right, man. Well, is there anything else you wanted to ask me? I don't know. This is my podcast. I feel like you took over. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm gonna come on your podcast and ask no, you man, all the questions. No, man. Thanks for thanks for having the conversation. Let's let's. <laughs> good that's how it does come on my podcast ask me i love it let's I'll, let's have more conversations whether on or off the air about this good. stuff and other stuff and it's always good i like talking with people that i disagree with and we can laugh about it that's those are good conversations well we agreed on everything you changed your opinion so <laughs> i'm just kidding no hey man oh, I, appreciate... I forgot about that part i appreciate the conversation man um dude all the best to you brother uh, if you need anything, please let me know. I'm actually going to be moving to Vegas. So I'll try to come see you, uh, before I move, I'll be back in, uh, Oregon mid, mid February. And then I'll be heading down a couple days later. So maybe I'll come stay at the Smith's house or something and, and we can go grab coffee or you can head over or something. So. Love it. Unless you're too scared to it. get exposed to COVID, then we don't have to. <laughs> no man if, especially if you've already had it plus that beard's too immaculate i know well, see COVID would be scared the hell of this thing and be like, oh. that's why it left it came in and it was like oh this hurts and then it left that's why i only had covid for like a day and a half <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it man that's the best way to do it <laughs> well josh god bless you brother You too, Christian. See you, buddy.